Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, everyone. I'm so glad to be um, here with you today, and I can't wait to introduce you to our guest today, Dietrich Shoemaker, and she is a Listen to My Life facilitator who has all kinds of interesting experience using the maps and also art in the midst of helping people to um, discover some things about themselves and enter into a spiritual journey. And she's a um, spiritual life coach, and she lives in Georgia, and welcome. So glad to have you here, Dietra. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get to converse with you today, Sharon. Yeah, you know, it's it's been quite a long time since we met now. And uh, you got connected with what we do with One Life Maps and all. And um, you've been on a journey uh, that, that started with you getting some coach training and then moving forward into finding uh, Listen to My Life and using that as a part of your practice. But, you know, really what I want to start with is is part of your story. And I, I just want to ask, what kind of a picture of God were you handed? What was your spiritual upbringing like? Well, as I was young, we uh, went to church. And um, my first recollection of really noticing God was as a, I don't know, probably an eight-year-old, we would um, go to church and there were these beautiful, colorful stained glass windows and each one was one of the stories of Jesus. And I would just sit there and kind of ponder those and really had a sense of of that God was God and, you know, Jesus was his son and um, just really looking back, I really think I I felt his presence. Now it wasn't like I feel it now, but um I knew I knew he was truth. And um but he was also kind of the almighty God. Um the other thing too was the music. The music singing those hymns just really touched my heart. So um that was kind of the beginning of my mm. noticing God. Do you remember at all what it felt like to notice God when you were a kid? Yeah, I think it was just um, kind of this excitement about God is so big and, you know, the creator of everything. And I, I don't know that I intellectually knew that he loved me, but... I I just knew he there was a plan. He you know, he he had a plan for us. He wasn't just this way off in the sky kind of guy, but um he he was there and he was accessible. Let's put it that way. Mm. I think the other place I noticed him too was through nature. I used to, as a little kid, go out and watch the ants in the ant pile and just kind of be fascinated by what was going on in nature. And and even though at the time maybe I didn't make that connection, looking back, I think I could see that. And, of course, Christmas. Christmas was big in our, our family. And um, 
that was a time to focus on God and Jesus, too. Mm. So it sounds like you have some good childhood memories. Yes. Was there anything you needed to unlearn, or has your view of God and his interactions with us shifted over time? Yeah, definitely shifted. And I'm sure there are things I've had to unlearn, but I feel like um, my journey with him has been, well, it really really started when I was 16, and uh, my sister came home from college and had gotten saved through Campus Crusade for Christ and came home 10 days later and shared the four spiritual laws with me. And even though I'd gone to church all my life, I had never heard the gospel in that way before, that Jesus had died for our sins and we were all sinners and we needed a a way to connect back to God and Jesus was the way. And so I remember praying that prayer and um, pretty quickly after that, I was very drawn to um, spending time in the morning, reading, reading a little devotional, getting to know him more. And so, as I've gone through these many, many years of my relationship with him, um, I've continued to see more and more of who he is and his character and definitely his love for me. Mm, that's neat. And there's kind of this interesting thing about uh, about those those salvation prayers as uh, you know the sinner's prayer kind of a um of an experience that kind of marks something that our soul has already been resonating with for a while it seems. Yeah, you know, just that maybe we hadn't gotten all the pieces and put together or whatever, but there's something, you know, from your early experience where you understood God's presence and you understood his love in some in some way, shape, or form, it seems. Yes, yes, definitely. And then through the years, too, he's kind of walked me through different, um, kind of the different streams or movements, I think, traditions maybe, you know, kind of starting off with uh, kind of a very evangelical foundation of reading the Word and sharing the Gospel, and then um, moving from there to understanding about the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts and enthusiasm and worship, and then um, walking in purity, overcoming temptation, kind of the holiness sense of things. And then social justice, becoming involved with Youth with a Mission and missions in Africa. And then the more experiential piece of the contemplative uh, silence and solitude and really cultivating a listening heart toward him. And uh, now it's kind of more incarnational where... I'm keeping company with Jesus and and trying to live in God's presence every day and every moment of every day and be more aware of that. So that's something that actually, as I was doing my my life story map, I noticed those, how he exposed me through the years to each one of those traditions and how it's given me such a fuller picture of him Mm -hmm. Um, and, and enabled me too, I think, to, embrace so many different traditions. 
Yes, I, I, I understand that from my own story as well, just the, the continual expansion of, of just exposure of, of a different aspect of who God is and how it keeps opening me up to some different kinds of experiences and different kinds of love uh, to experience, that just receiving and giving love as, as the piece of breathing my spirituality. It sounds like you've gone on a similar kind of a journey. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, how interesting. So tell me about, do you remember any significant lingering questions? You know, on the My Life Now map, there's that lingering question. Um, For those of you who are listening and uh, aren't familiar with the Listen to My Life materials, there's those lingering questions. Has there been one that's been particularly uh, important to you? Yeah, there really is. And it's interesting as I've gone back to look at my maps because I started the first map I did in 2010 and I've pretty much led a Listen to My Life group every year. So I've reviewed um, those maps and added to them. And especially in the lingering questions area, there's always a new one popping up. But I think um, there there have been some themes uh, that have continued. And and one of the things I'll say this about lingering questions is it's more about asking the question than getting the answer. And um, I think as we focus on God, he he kind of reveals that to us rather than us trying to figure it out. And 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 even then it's it's not like I said, not about getting the answer. It's more about living the question. And ask and kind of entering into a conversation with God about the question. Yes, yes. And being aware within myself of, you know, what it what does this say about what do these questions say about me and what God's trying to do, how he's trying to transform me. So one that has been very uh, present the whole time is, how do I live more from my true self rather than my false self? Mm. And, so, but, so for, the, for those listeners that may not be familiar with the idea of true self, false self, why don't you say a few words about that? Okay. So our false self is anywhere we go other than God for love and acceptance and belonging and esteem. Um, it's the kind of persona we put on ourselves to protect ourselves from what other people might think about us. We want mm-hmm. them to think well of us. Um, it's the strategies we use to deal with our woundedness or our insecurities. And so our true self is, to me, the core or the essence of who God's created us to be. And it kind of reminds me of the Michelangelo um, metaphor where you have the piece of stone, he had the piece of stone and he had to chip away the parts that weren't David. Mm -hmm. David was inside that stone the whole time and he just had to take those parts off. To me, that's a great picture of our true and false self, that God is as we surrender those parts of ourselves to him, he wants to take those off so that who he originally created us to be can come forth. I like to think about it as he's saying, you know, you don't need that anymore. Exactly. <laughs> or, or I love you too much to let you hold on to that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. 
Yeah. And I think those kinds of questions um, are, like I said, the conversation starters that take you, that take you on a journey. Yeah. And, and, and tune you into the kinds of things that, that God is hoping you'll pay attention to. And, uh, and, I think just even the the wording of the question many times is um, something like, okay, great question. I've been waiting for you to ask that. Now we can do something with that. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Kind of leading us into the journey. So, you know, another question I want to ask you, Dietra, is, um, is there a particular time in your life that you sense God's presence most profoundly? Is there or was there? Or how what is or how yeah, do I do that? Example. Give me an example of a time when God's presence was most profoundly real for you. Oh wow. Um I think for me it's really when I slow down enough to be still. And very um, specifically ask him a question, even a simple question like, what do you want to say to me today, Jesus? And then I listen and I journal for what I feel like the Holy Spirit's putting in my heart. That's when I feel most connected to him. And that's what gives me incredible peace and makes me feel loved and able to really be myself and not have to be somebody else that I think the world or people out there need me to be. So are you saying that your journal is, um, in those moments, like a conversation? I mean, like you... Yes. Okay. So there's almost like a... Um, it's a dialogue, uh, a, a me and a God, and a me uh-huh, and a God, uh-huh. <laughs> back and forth. Yes, in the midst of it. absolutely. And one of the things that um, I think also helps me to connect to Him in that way is if I'll take some time to look inside myself and see what's stirring in any given morning or whatever, and start to journal a little bit about what that is. And out of that often will come um, a need for reassurance or for recognition or for, um, you know, just a insight that he wants to give me either about why I'm feeling that way or <coughs> um, what, what that's all about, what he's saying to me through my own uh, emotions, really. And I'm a heart person, I'm a feeling person, so that's how I take in information. Um, I'm a two on the Enneagram. So that is a way that I connect with him more than any other way. So do you feel it in your body? Yes, at times I can. And what does that feel like? Well, it probably sounds kind of weird, but it's almost like a, a vibration. It's like a... Like when you're cold and you shiver, um, it feels like that, but I can't create that. Like I've tried to create that feeling and I can't. But it's not cold. No, no. 
And that's not all the time, but mm-hmm. it surprises me. Yeah, it surprises me when it happens. It's a very physical, um, I don't know, manifestation, I think, of mm-hmm. God with me. I love asking that question and, and hearing the wild variety of ways that people uh-huh. experience something like that. Yeah. I just love that. Thank you so much. And now, um, you also connect with God through some art. Tell us a little bit about what that's like for you. Well, about I've always had different creative sides to me, whether it was dance or photography or decorating or writing. But I never considered myself an artist because I couldn't paint or draw. So about, I don't know, eight years ago, I um, took one of those little sip and strokes classes and actually oh, drew what? sip and strokes. It's where you go at, to a class and... Oh, and you sip some wine? Yeah. And- <laughs> you sip oh. the wine and you paint and they give you a paint, a specific painting that everybody in the class is doing. And I went to do a Celtic cross because I love Celtic crosses. And so when I was done, I was like, oh, my goodness, I can do this. I can paint. I can create something that's really beautiful. So that was really um, just the beginning of me entering into the more, uh, I would say, expressive arts of painting, watercolor, acrylic, uh, mixed media, uh, those kind of things. And what I found was when I would do those things, somehow I felt so connected to God. And, I, and it's really hard to put into words, but I think it, there's something there about um, being the created creature that's creating and connecting to the creator. You know, he's mm-hmm. the creator and he, there's, that's part of the image in which he's put into us too. And so when I'm creating, there's just this sense of connection with him. Plus it's a great way to express uh, what's inside and what, you know, what, what I'm experiencing or maybe even um, something spiritual on the page. Mm. So there's time for introspection, it sounds like. Yes, definitely. And maybe that's through that process, because, you know, art's more about the process than really the end product, although, you know, we like to have a nice end product. But um, I think through that process, it gives time and space to become more aware of what's going on inside and... um, and just the joy of creating something beautiful. I mean, look at what God created out in the world. And he has such joy in his creation that um, that sense of beauty connects me to him as well. Yeah, I I so resonate with that as, as an artist as well that doesn't get enough time to to do that. But unfortunately, sometimes I act like it's a luxury and instead of thinking of it as a spiritual practice that's that's about my soul health. It's like, for me, I think it's every bit as important as working out. 
you know, exercising my body and exercising my creativity and it for my, for my soul health, for my, the health of my, of my being. <laughs> yes. That's, that's a great way of looking at it, Sharon. I agree. Totally. Yeah, not, not frivolous, but necessary. And some, for some of us more than others, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think we, I mean, we all have a creative bent because that's how God's created us. It's just finding what our particular avenue is. And even, you know, for myself, that's changed over the years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And for some people it's serving or being in nature or, um, you know, building something or fixing something. <laughs> yeah. Or cooking, sewing. Or cooking, right? cooking is not mine. I'll admit it. My husband will tell you that. yep well let's yeah i'm sure uh, (laughs) i i kind of wish i had some that uh, that that other people have and and uh yes ways to cook right now and uh, healthier ways to cook and and i'm finding it to be a very interesting exploration of finding things that i don't like at all (laughs) and things that i do but some how enjoying the process almost like a mad scientist in the kitchen sometimes. Well, that's great. Cooking uh, something up, but it. I, I think there's something about the about cooking and cooking from scratch kind of stuff that slows us down. There's 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 a process to follow and there's uh, stuff to do. But if we can just kind of gear ourselves down a little bit and not be in a rush. And savor the the aromas and the textures and the colors and 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 all of it. I just I, I just feel like there, feel like there's something really really significant to this idea of we don't savor good things very much and just savor beauty and savor um, times when we just feel like we have just been blessed or enjoyed something. And they say that our mind doesn't really remember things that we don't savor, but we ruminate on things, on negative things that happen. And so we're more likely to remember those and recall them and hold them in our bodies. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And uh, savor is one of my favorite words. I have it in my kitchen. I have it in my dining room. And um, I agree that those things that we are able to savor kind of stay with us longer. Yeah, I think so too. So speaking of savoring and wanting to do things again, because you've enjoyed them and all, you have been leading uh, different kinds of retreats in your house. You've been doing Listen to My Life regularly and um, inviting people into silence and solitude in your home and, um, and these kinds of things for years. Well, specifically with Listen to My Life, can you tell me some of the things that have happened uh, that you've witnessed in people's lives and why why you keep doing it? Um, yeah, I love, this is my favorite curriculum to use out of everything that I use because I always see life change. I mean, that is kind of a broad, big statement, but, and I don't say this lightly, but I feel like Listen to My Life is a very anointed curriculum by God. Uh, there's, there's not a time that I have not seen major life change 
as people will take the time to go through these maps. And, um, you know, everything from, uh, I think more than an outward major change of, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and now I do. It's more an awareness of who I am and who God is to me, who he wants to be to me. Uh, In my coaching practice, my passion is for women to not only know more about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but to truly experience an intimate relationship with him. And I feel like these maps offer that. As, as they start off with those first four maps, which is more looking at themselves and who they are and what has created the things that have happened in their life between peaks and valley experiences that have formed them. And then they move into the last four maps, which is more focused on how can I connect better with God. Uh, it just seems like there's a flow that at the end people wind up with this better understanding of who he's created them to be and uh, not just for a purpose, although that's part of it, but really the ultimate goal is to experience him and receive his love and be able to love him with their whole hearts and then Mm -hmm. love others as they've been loved by him. Mm. Yep. And I, it, it is kind of something you want to experience again and again with people. Oh yeah. It is. It's it's amazing. It's I, I come to each gathering And I'm like, okay, God, I just need to create the space. I know that because you come in and you do your work. And I don't know what these people need, but I know you know. And I, as we just open up that opportunity, God works. He just comes in and meets people and touches their hearts and lets them know how much he cares. And Mm -hmm. he has great affection for them. And he's really consistent with that. I mean, we we may not know exactly what the outcome is going to be for somebody, but that part seems to be so consistent and that we can believe that for someone else before they can believe it for themselves a lot of times. Yeah, because we've seen it again and again and again, how God uses, uses listen to my life to do those things. It's... It's a crazy and for me almost addictive kind of thing to watch happen. Yes, you know <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but it's just such a um, it's such a rush to 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 see someone kind of awaken to God's love for them, awaken to their to to what brings them joy and what how and, and giving them new perspectives on their story that that kind of unshackle them in some ways that um, that give them an additional level of freedom and resilience because some people are still in really, really tough circumstances. Um, their circumstances haven't changed, but they've changed in their circumstances that um, in ways that are so significant and no one could have told them that that was going to be the key. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So I, I am, I am so excited about those kinds of things as well. So I tell you what, why don't you tell us a little bit about how people can get in touch with you if they live, tell people where you live and what, what you've got coming up that people might want to participate in. Okay. Um, I'm in Buford, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And um, you can find out more about me on my website, which is closerstill.org. And I'm just trying to think what I have coming up. Um, I do have an Enneagram workshop that I'm going to be presenting in June and another one in July. So you could contact me through my website if you're interested in being a part of that. I also offer throughout the year what I call spiritual art retreats, which is an opportunity for us to come together over a weekend here in my home and explore some creative options in connecting to God. Um, Yeah. Well, those sound like amazingly wonderful things. I wish I lived closer to Georgia and be able to join you. Because yes. um, I also know that the kinds of people that get attracted to those kinds of events are the kind of people I want to be with too. Wow. So that's one of the best things about listening to my life is the people that gather around it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and the other thing too is I do do individual coaching through Skype and FaceTime. So if you're not in Atlanta, but you would like um, to explore some of my different options that I offer on my website. Um, I can do those long distance as well as in-house. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for that. And I, I so appreciate the conversation, Deetra. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for asking me. It's such a privilege to be part of Listen to My Life. And um, I just know God's going to continue to use it because it's a powerful powerful tool for spiritual transformation in our lives. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for that uh, endorsement of, of sorts. Of course, that's not exactly why I wanted to talk to you at all, because I just, I just know that your experience of God has been um, a beautiful journey. And then there's a piece of how you're made that just fires you up to share that with other people. And, um, you know, this podcast is all about recognizing and responding to God, your story. And um, thanks for sharing a piece of your story that helps us understand how you recognize and respond to God. Um, I'm just so honored that you would allow us to get an inside peek um, to what that's like for you. I think that's just so helpful for people. Hmm. to hear different people's experiences. Yes, I agree. Well, just thank you for asking. I appreciate mm-hmm. it very, very much. Well, many blessings to you, Dietra. Everyone who's listening, um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I hope that you will check out uh, onelifemaps.com if you haven't already and see what uh, what the next things are that are coming up. You know, we've got... Uh, quite a few different ways you can get involved if you want to go through listen to my life virtually or if you want to um, become a facilitator you can always contact us Um, sharon at onelifemaps.com is my website is my email address if you want to contact me that way too so we'll uh, put a few things in the show notes including uh, a link to Dietra's website so you can contact her and just 
Have a wonderful week, everyone. And I hope that somehow in the midst of all of this, that you will believe that God wants to flow love to you and through you, and that you'll be open and asking for ways that you can recognize and respond to him this week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Deetra. Bye-bye. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com.